Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog, All Together, at altogether.swe.org. Looking for more information and data on women in engineering? Head over to research.swe.org and review the groundbreaking research that SWE has been conducting. SWE's research efforts include reporting on women of color in engineering and how community colleges may play a role in getting more women to graduate with engineering degrees. You can also check out the annual SWE Literature Review in SWE Magazine's State of Women in Engineering issue. Hi, I'm Heather Doty, FY21 President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by Rose James, Corporate Counsel, Intellectual Property Commercial at Cummins, Inc. Rosemary, who goes by Rose, serves as Global Trademark Counsel, managing the Cummins Global Trademark Portfolio and is responsible for providing support on marketing, copyright and branding issues, providing IP support for Power Systems Business Unit, assisting on the legal commercial transactions team, and serving as legal counsel to Cummins Electronics and Fuel Systems. Rose particularly enjoys facilitating complex transactions by guiding and navigating the intellectual property aspect of such transactions. Rose studied at George Washington University, New York University School of Law, and Manhattanville College. She has a Master of Law in Intellectual Property, a Juris Doctor, and a Bachelor of Arts degree. She is a registered patent attorney with a discipline in physics. She has a passion for innovation and cutting-edge technologies and loves to learn how things work. Thanks for joining us today, Rose. Oh, Heather, thank you so much for that glowing and hopefully true. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Welcome, uh, introduction. I really appreciate it. I'm very excited to be here to chat with you today. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to learn more about all of these different responsibilities you have at, at Cummins, but why don't we start by talking about what initially sparked or inspired your interest in STEM? Like, how did you end up specializing in physics, of all things? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. That's a, a great question. Well, I was always really good at math and interested in math. So um, when I was in college, I, um, you know, early on when you don't know yet what your major will be and sort of deciding, I would do, I had a lot of math classes and English and um, uh, studio art and a number of various classes. But at one point I decided I would do art history, but I've always had um, math as an interest. So I ended up doing art history and math as a minor. And so when I graduated from uh from undergrad and I went to law school and I realized that I needed to have um, a science degree to be an intellectual property attorney, so a patent attorney, they're different kind of IP attorneys. The one that I am is a patent attorney. So um, you need to have a science background to be able to do that. And because I had taken math and I had math as a minor, I was able to transition that to physics which has math as the foundation of that course. So then I went back and then I received a bachelor's of science in physics um, from George Washington University. And so um, that's 
That's how I started in STEM, uh, kind of veered off doing a little bit artsy and uh, more the humanities kind of things. And then I returned and ended up back in STEM. That's awesome. Well, you've walked us a little bit through your academic history, but maybe you'll have a little bit more to add on, but maybe tell us some of your professional accomplishments and, and how did your studies um, influence your career path? Yeah. So it's, it's a really um, interesting story because I am not the traditional STEM, as I sort of alluded to in that first question. Um, I did, when I went to um, undergrad, I wanted to be, I was all things sort of like I wanted to be a fashion designer, then I wanted to do, be an artist and a dancer, you know, <laughs> all of those kind of creative art things. Um, but I've also was interested in the art, like the process part of art. So if anyone knows about printing and so um, etchings and woodwork and silkscreen printing, all of those are about the technique. So sort of using uh, the reverse of space to create the image. I was always interested in that kind of more technical aspect of art. Um, and using that to create something, you know, beautiful or interesting or, or uh, commentary on, on life and politics or whatever. And so um, while and I was doing that, heading to be uh, and sort of veered off and did uh, art history along the way. And I was heading off to have a PhD in art history. That's what I <laughs> that was a path. I was a student teacher. I was a mentor. I was a thesis student. I was just a star of, of art history. And I also, um, in my last year, won a scholarship to go to NYU's um, Institute of Fine Arts, which is quite a prestigious school for your PhD. And at the time, I, I loved medieval art. So I was going to pursue that and maybe become a professor of that. But the chairwoman of my department, um, I remember it was very bizarre. She pulled me aside and she's like, oh, I want to talk to you before I made the decision of um, accepting the um, scholarship. And she's like, well, I do not normally do this, but I am going to recommend that you go to law school instead of pursuing your PhD in art history. And I was just like, huh, that's very odd. But um, but I, there was something about it because it was so unusual for that to happen that I thought maybe she's seeing something that I'm not seeing. Perhaps the side of me that was <laughs> uh, interested in these other things um, she saw. And I, while I was in undergrad, I also was a little bit of a, um, I don't know, trailblazer first. Like in my art history department, we didn't have at the time any courses on like the Harlem Renaissance or those kind of courses. So I decided that's what I would do my thesis on. And so from me writing my thesis, we um, it ended up being the foundation for a, a class on that and an entire sort of um, area of study for students that wasn't available before. So maybe she saw that kind of maybe advocacy part of me that she thought would be more um, uh, further exposed in law school or, or, or grow in law school. And so then I ended up in law school and um, to connect my my law school with what I'd been doing before, she she suggested that I do intellectual property. And that's how I ended up doing intellectual property law and also um, doing physics 
that would give me the ability to be a patent lawyer. That's awesome. I'm sure, you know, a lot of our listeners have many different interests. My, my, I myself, I have a degree in engineering as well as a degree in music. So I think it's great awesome. that all these yes. people have, you know, everybody is like, oh, that's so unusual. I was like, it's not really. Most people are interested in many things. So I think that's great. You know um, what, Heather, I agree with you because I re- I know that um, the brain, you know, like the, the discipline it takes to do STEM, it's also similar with um, the creative arts. Like a lot of people who are very sort of technical have this side of like you, yours is music or theater or dance, you know, there's, it's interesting, but it's more common than we really um, give it credence. And I think it's important to let people know that, yeah, it's wonderful to be able to um, use both sides of your brain that way and to, and to grow them equally. Absolutely. Um, so now you're at Cummins. Um, during your time there, what have you learned about the organization, but also yourself? You know, I haven't been at Cummins very long. This is my, I, just a little bit over a year. Uh, and I, I'll answer this by letting you know why I came to Cummins after I'd been working for some time. And I was pretty much just, you know, running an intellectual property practice group for the Department of Homeland Security. And, um, and, and so uh, why would I leave to go do something so different? But I wanted to be challenged and I was looking for um, to be more doing more technology focused work, to be working for a technology company. But I was always looking for something, uh, a company or some place that was aligned with a mission, sort of doing something important in the world, something uh, to further um, answer those sort of big questions that we have and a place with a heart, right? And I know that sort of odd to, to, to have as what you envision and what you want. Um, and when the opportunity came up for me to, uh, there was a position and I was, uh, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn, the recruiter did. And when I spoke with the people who work here, I could not believe how um, sort of the core value system that's so aligned with my core value system. Almost every single person I spoke with talked about caring, integrity, excellence, like all of these things. And I don't know that they spoke to each other, but they each of them brought this up in sort of what they like about Cummins and what they sort of a company that that sort of steep in its value system, which is the similar value system that I have. And since I've been working here, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's what it is. That's what this place is. And it seems a little bit, you know, cultish to, to people on the outside, like, wow, this it doesn't sound like a, a company, but it's from the leadership down. It's really just a sense of, of inclusion and compassion, people who care and sort of you feel like you have an opportunity to be heard, to be seen. And if you are willing to put in the, you know, the work to be rewarded, and so that's what I've learned about here. What I've learned about myself um, here is how much I was looking for this kind of a setting and how gratifying it is to be here. And um, I don't know if you'll ask me about this later, but I, I'm, I, I feel honored with the role models that are available here for me. And I think it's such a unique opportunity to be in the setting that I'm in uh, surrounded and be and uplifted by all of these women, uh, strong women leadership that's here at Cummins. I think that's might be a unique to this company. 
That's fantastic. You talked um, you talked about having that inclusive environment. What do you think it is? Um, how can others in the industry create a more diverse, inclusive environment within their own companies and teams? What's the secret sauce in your opinion? <laughs> the secret sauce, I think it's it's again, it's just actually not only speaking, you know, sort of saying this is what we're doing, but action. And I think that's where what I have observed with Cummins is. So particularly since George Floyd um, incident and sort of this refocus on racial uh, injustice and inclusion and what and sort of the response of corporate America. And in this company, it came from the CEO down. And you know it was important because we had focused meetings. Then we had um, an action team that was put in place. Then, then the activities said, hold us accountable. What should we do? And these are what we're and this is what we're going to do. And within, you know, sort of like you do in business and in, in corporate America, you so we we have the problem, we say this is how we solve it, and these are the steps we'll take, and these are the milestones, and this is what we do. So you have these these steps along the way that you take, and this is what they've done. Action. So I think the difference is saying you care, listening to people, but then actually taking positive action to to uh to live <laughs> and to and to show that movement and here one of the things that have happened very recently uh we have had several um uh diverse candidates that have been uh promoted to officer positions and that's a tangible thing that we can all look and see there's a path um, they, you know, everything that we were told, uh, it was not just empty promises and words, but actual action is being taken. And that's just one example of the different things that have been done. But I think the, 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 the secret sauce is just say and do what you mean. Absolutely. So, you know, you've talked a lot about how a recruiter reached out to you and, and maybe about why other folks would want to work there. But what do you tell your friends and family about working at Cummins? Oh, I tell my friends and family how much, how uh, diverse and fun the job is. And also hard, right? It's challenging because as we, uh, we talked about my role, it seems like it's a lot uh, and it is. So on a day-to-day basis, I'm working with um, invention review committees with engineers. So it's really a technology company. And so in the intellectual property group, we really just support the research and development function and technology um, teams. And as you may not know this, but Cummins spends like a million dollars on research and development. So very much um, interested in that. We have um, robust kind of process for protecting and harvesting and um, inventions. And so being a part of that process, we have an uh, intellectual property um, excellence function um, team of people that includes the business leaders, the engineers, the R&T group, the attorneys, and that, you know, just, it's, and um, all types of issues come up. So I feel, and then in addition to that, I support as just their mini in-house lawyer, uh, their mini general counsel for the group that is the electronics and fuel system. And what's neat about it, and I didn't know about what's the brains of the engine, (laughs) the control system, that's what this group does. So it's sort of neat. Um, And I just, I geek out having to uh, 
to be part of this and to uh, be part of all of this technology every day and being the discussions of when this stuff is happening, being the room where it happens on a day-to-day basis <laughs> yeah. is awesome. <laughs> I appreciate anyone who geeks out on whatever it is that makes you geek out. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, it you know, we talk about in SWE a lot finding that how to how to best integrate work and life. How do you have that healthy work life integration? You know, working in especially like in a leadership role or with all these different groups that you support. So what do you do to unwind and disconnect from your professional responsibilities? Are you still doing some art stuff or, or what other hobbies do you have? Yes. Yes. You're right. I love art. So of course I will still be doing that. I love museums and, and art galleries and theater. I love theater. I would, before I moved to, um, Indianapolis, which is why I live now. I used to live in Washington, D.C. I moved to um, Indianapolis when I um, took the job at Cummins about a a little bit over a year ago. Um, I used to uh, have three uh, theaters that I would go to subscription. I was like, okay, I'm going to these, <laughs> you know, I'm almost like a theater critic. I have so many plays that I go to. So I'm like an avid uh, you know, theater goer. I just appreciate people who have the ability to communicate to us that way and to sort of elevate us to think and um, and see the world from that perspective of art. I love to travel. Oh my goodness. And what's neat about working here, it's just a, it's a collection of people who love to travel and who love art. So a lot of people who are like myself. Um, so I love to travel. I've been to uh, so many countries, um, continents. I um, I travel out with my sister, so we check them off. We just have two more to go, Australia and Antarctica, and we've done them all. <laughs> so I love movies and, and sport, you know, skiing. And so just I sort of think of life as enjoying it. So I just do, I work hard and then I try to enjoy life the rest of the time in any way. It can be just sort of like walking out to the park and sort of walking by the the White River here in downtown Indy is a beautiful park. It's just gorgeous. Um, and I take an evening stroll there and it's just peaceful and, and lovely. So I just, uh, so it's kind of like being out in nature. So I would say just sort of enjoying life, whatever that means to people. You have to find the time to do it. Work hard, play hard. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so... So what advice do you have for young women in STEM who are interested in working at Cummins or maybe even anywhere else? Like, what's, what's your best piece of advice for our listeners? I would tell them to, uh, the first thing is to um, sort of believe in yourself and your ability and sort of being limitless. I always give my example of someone who started in, I had an interest in math for sure, and sort of a little, um, more than an interest, but a, a little bit of a talent for it because I didn't have to work hard at it. Uh, but I didn't really explore it beyond just doing it in um, in undergrad, and I didn't really do the other sciences. But when I needed to, and when I wanted to very much become a certified, you know, patent lawyer, I had to do physics, and so I set up my mind that okay, that's what I will do. So I think just giving yourself, knowing that you have the ability to pretty much do anything that you intend and you put your mind to, that limitless possibility. I would say that first. And then second, most important, find a mentor, right? We all need 
these. I talked about the the women who were here. Our general counsel is a woman. She's a patent litigator. My boss, she's a a woman and she's the head, the chief IP um, attorney here. We have um, in the electronics division that I support, the executive director of um, and the head engineer, it's a woman. And I, you know, I support her. She's here. Um, we, the head of our invention review um, committee for the engine business unit is a woman. So all of these strong women, um, they all also are interested in sort of giving back and supporting and mentoring. And if you seek them out, they will be willing to sort of show you the ropes and give you tips and guidance. And it's absolutely critical to have that. It's sort of having a cheerleader and someone also can, you know, kind of steer you along the way of how do you follow in their footsteps. And you, when you can see yourself in someone else who's where you want to be, it's so much easier to get there. Well, that's fantastic. Rose, I appreciate you so much. Thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today and providing some really valuable insight for our current and future engineers and leaders. Oh, it's been a great pleasure. Um, anytime. Love That's it. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm Heather Doty. For all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. <laughs>